All right, so we're ready to get started. Episode two nice. of Writing Shotgun with Norm and Jim. We'll get it started here. Um, so with us tonight, we have Andrew. And um, Andrew, we're going to give everybody a nickname that joins us. You are our first guest. All right. I'm going to nickname you G. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been called worse so you know what i'm going with it <laughs> How did so, you with g? so g is uh, a neighbor of mine and uh, we've been friends for a couple of years here okay and uh, how did i come up with g it's uh from his last name so okay. we got two andrews in our in our group and okay. there's uh andrew t and andrew g and uh like one of them no, no, no. uh Takes a little advantage in trivia. The other does not. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. So any, anyway, the we, we did our first recording last Friday. And, um, you know, episode one and the draft was taking place. I wish we had kept going right up to the Eagles pick. I think we dropped out, uh, I don't know, about. But ten picks before the Eagles picked. Uh, did you really <laughs> want to be round? Did you, round two? Did you really want to be on the air when he made that pick? Oh, that would have been. We would have had to bleep things out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. Um, the Eagles make the pick. I wasn't watching at the time, and um, I saw it come through, and I'm like, "What?" And then my phone, I get two texts right away and they're from the two of you and and the one says what the f are the eagles doing and the other says can't believe the eagles ran to the quarterback that was the two of you your text back to back oh great minds think alike <laughs> you know it's funny i'm i had it on and i'm looking on twitter and i see one of the reporters right the eagles draft hurts i'm like oh, that's a joke and because it's not on the tv yet and then my brothers are texting me saying, the Eagles just drafted Jalen Hurts. I'm like, wait a minute. Did this really happen? Because TV is like 10 seconds behind. And he's telling me yes. I'm like, I'm like dumbfounded. The fact that they picked a quarterback with their second pick. I just don't understand that. You spent $128 million on your star quarterback and you draft a quarterback. And when you have so many needs on this team, linebacker, D-backs. Wide receiver. Um, and wide receiver, yeah. And they keep talking about this one guy, Mims, like he's a freak. They should. Take, I'm thinking, all right, I'm actually texting people from work saying, I guess you're going to take that Mims guy. And then they take Hurts. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, that's what I went on and I said, best available at the time. And I, I'm just watching. I was actually doing it on ESPN and and doing something else at the time. And I saw, oh, Mims is there. I can't believe it. Yeah. This is awesome. You know, you go receiver, receiver, this solves so many problems. Hurts? Hurts. Nothing against Hurts. Second round draft pick. Yeah. I mean, you got to go for – when in the first four rounds, you're going – well, really the first two to three rounds. I don't know about the fourth round, but you're looking for a starter. Yeah. You know? Uh, I agree. I mean, it was the first four rounds, you walked away with one starter you can pencil in on opening day as of right now, and that's your fourth round pick. I mean, I – I, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, when they drafted Rager with that first pick, I'm like, all right, you passed on Jefferson. I thought that was a mistake, you know. But then when the second round comes up, I was thinking the same thing you guys. All right, we'll take Mims. We'll get these two receivers, you know, two burners. And they drafted Hurts. You're just like, 
I don't get it. Even if you, when you listen to Roseman now explain this, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, no. best case scenario I mean, with Russell Wilson. So we have Russell Wilson sitting on the bench. I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And, and he's going to I realize Wentz gets hurt. You know, it's been his thing, right? He's gotten hurt every year going all the way back to, yeah, college. Going to college. Every year he gets hurt. And so, uh, but then there's one or two things that I don't agree with here. Either you don't give this guy 128 million and call him your franchise quarterback, or you don't draft a quarterback in the second round the next year. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Either way, you, you question what Roseman is thinking. You committed 128 million to your franchise quarterback, but yet you just drafted another quarterback in the second round. I mean, it just it just doesn't make sense. And the, and the kid's the kid's pretty good. He's a high character kid. He's going to want to play. He's not going to want to, you know, sit behind this guy. The only thing I can think about is they're going to, you know, do something like the Patriots, develop him, make him real, you know, for a year or two, and then pick up picks. But you know, like you said, the first four rounds, you got to get somebody who's going to be impactful right away, not someone who's sitting in the bed like trade. I, I agree. And what are you going to get for? I mean, so in three years. Let's say he plays well in preseason. He goes in a few spot starts for Wentz. I mean, what are you flipping for? Another second rounder? I mean, someone give you a first rounder for him? I don't know. I mean, that's a big gamble to say, I'm not going to use my second round pick for the next three years and then flip him for a potential another pick. I don't know. And your quarterbacks. If he's a backup, you can't flip him for that. You know? Right. And you're, who's going to. It's not like Wentz is 23, he's 27. So you figure you're entering in the prime of your career. We're going to give you everything you can that you we maximize your potential. What I don't, I don't, just don't see how this guy helps him. If we have an opening in my fantasy football league this year, I'm inviting Howard. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally. That was a great analogy you <laughs> sent me. I know, right? It's like he's the guy who drafts two quarterbacks by the fourth round and then drafts a kicker in the yeah. fifth. It's like yeah. what? Canceling your wins against Howie. <laughs> exactly. I just, I really don't get it. And then we're a quarterback factory. How? I don't get that. You drafted a quarterback last year. But you cut him. You cut him. I don't get it. And if you're a quarterback factory, so, you've been developing Nate Sudfeld. So shouldn't he be your second string? And then we'll draft somebody in the sixth or seventh round to develop again as your third string? Right. I don't. And I like Nate Sudfeld. I, I actually do like Nate Sudfeld. If he hadn't gotten hurt last year, who knows, uh-huh. right? And then McCown comes in, and who was the other quarterback? We, oh, Sudfeld never came back. That's right. He never dressed. Yeah. We picked up McCown, and who looked okay in the playoff game when uh, Wentz got hurt. But, you know, the uh, ironic part is that if the Eagles would have won that playoff game, Sudfeld would have started to get Packers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because Holy McCown God. tore his hamstring, and good chance Wentz don't clear concussion protocol. He tore it right off the bone. That's what he said, yeah. Holy He's crap. And played the game. And played the game. I yeah. tell you what, he's a good ball player. He was terrific in college. And he was looking good in the preseason until he got hurt. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's the guy that you really want to develop. You know, if you want a number two and then say, like I said, maybe trade something, he's a guy. You know, he's he, he's a ball player. He throws great accuracy. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. That's it. And that. You know, I'm thinking about Hurts, right? I like Hurts. Don't get me wrong. He's like, he's dynamic. He's not great. He's he's pretty good. There's a reason why all of a sudden Tua replaced him, right? And then he went off to Oklahoma. But 
And uh, I think two is very good. Great accuracy, good arm. I'll, I'll be interested to see he, how he does in Miami. But, you know, even that, people were saying, I'm not that person, but that he was a stretch in the second round. If people are saying that and, and you hear it time and time again, why would you stretch for him in the second round when it's not a need? Yeah. It's not a need. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I, just I, don't I heard get that it. too with several reporters and saying the same thing that he's not some of you draft and start right away. He, he's two years down the road. So again, what are you drafting him for? How, do, how does he help you now? Yep. And then, right. So uh, Jimmy, you brought up the comparison to the Patriots, right? And they traded away Garoppolo to uh, uh, San Francisco, got some picks back. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Patriots drafted Garoppolo in the second no, round. I could be wrong. No. You know, the, <laughs> The Patriots like were lucky in a few aspects. They had Garoppolo, and then they had the uh, one guy who was uh, USC's backup for years, um, Castle. Castle, Matty Castle. Year when uh, Brady got hurt, had a whole year to show his stuff, and then everybody wanted him. But again, I don't went to Kansas Castle City. Was a, a second? No way. Yeah, he, he ended up. Uh, they traded him to Kansas City, and uh, yeah, I mean, system quarterback. I mean. Brady is what he is. He's amazingly accurate, and he just sits in that little pocket there and just picks you apart. Um, he's different. The other guy that intrigued me is um, a name that is not great in Philadelphia, but a Temple kid, the linebacker they picked in the uh, sixth round, that's Sean Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he can make a better name for the Sean Bradley. Uh, in, uh, it probably weighs the same as the other Sean Bradley, though. Yeah, <laughs> shorter, right? Yeah, yeah. I ran into him in uh, Disney World, Anim- Animal Kingdom. I was there, uh, you know, we were there. Luke was like three years old at the time. And um, I was there with the Santangelos, Mike Santangelo and his kids. Uh, Jimmy, you know Mike, right? Norristown guy. And um, so Mike's like, he, he hits me, he goes, look at how tall that guy is. And he's walking by us, striding by us at Animal Kingdom. Huh. And I go, holy crap, that's that's Sean Bradley. He goes, that is Sean Bradley. <laughs> he was so huge, you can't even imagine. It was uh, – yeah, that was an interesting – I think his in. wife was like But five, his five. strides were – I think his wife – I didn't even see. It just seemed like he was looking for somebody. He was walking so fast. It's probably his normal stride. <laughs> he was like trying to mm-hmm. walk in a giraffe or something. <laughs> Really, right? <laughs> Go meet the giraffes. That's funny. So, uh, thinking about the uh, Eagles draft, I one of the things we, you know, we did last week um, was overrated, underrated. I want to do that every week. So, I'll get you guys thinking a little bit here. Um, overrated first. Um, overrated Philadelphia Eagles players of all time. So, somebody you can think of that you think. Everybody said, oh, this guy was the greatest. And, and I'll tell you mine right off the bat as you guys think about it for a little bit. And um, it's funny, um, growing up in, uh, you know, I was a little kid football, and, and my number was always 28. And number 28 for the Eagles in the 70s was a guy named Bill Bradley, not the senator and great basketball player for the Knicks. Uh, no, this is Bill Bradley. He was a safety for the Eagles. And um, I think he actually, believe it or not, and, and this this hurts my whole thing on saying this guy was overrated. 
but I think he is up there on uh, all-time leaders in interceptions for Eagles. But I I tell you, I couldn't stand the guy. He couldn't tackle. Um, He was – you know, he he was like – remember how Deion Sanders used to go out there and just arm tackle and was like afraid to hit? That was Bill Bradley. And so I just – when I think overrated, I just never liked the guy. Why did you take the number if you you didn't like the guy? So when I started playing football – and the very first year I played football at uh, Fox Rock, Fox Chase, it was, we were Fox Chase and Rockledge. They called us Fox Rock. And um, there were no uh, single digit numbers, no two digit numbers, like, you know, in the teens. And um, <laughs> so I wanted to play quarterback. The lowest number they had was 28. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I was number 28. And, um, my running back that year and, and all through growing up, little kid football was Rich Gannon. <laughs> the Rich Gannon? <laughs> the no way, Rich Gannon. Yeah. yeah. So he was the running back. And then finally, uh, I guess his parents got smart, pulled him out of Fox Rock, and uh, he went to Catholic school. And then he just uh, yeah. he went to St. Joe's and just tore the it up. He went to the pros because otherwise he was a second stringer behind <laughs> <laughs> His career would have went nowhere. <laughs> so, what do you guys got for overrated Eagles? I can tell you an overrated Fox Rock quarterback. <laughs> I got an overrated Rothman running back, uh, you know, uh, I can tell you. Um, overrated. <laughs> you just got that one, huh? Yeah, Dougie or. I Kyle? would have to say. Uh, now, this guy had a pretty good career, but when he was at the Eagles, not so much. Roman Gabriel. I mean, they constantly talked oh. about the guy. He was way past him. I, I had a friend of mine who loved him up and down, but I, I, he, I, he didn't do anything for the Eagles. Number 17, right? Five. Number, se- number five, right. 17 was uh, Carmen. Yeah. Right, right, right. Number five, Roman Gabriel. He had the one bar, right? I think he had a warden one bar helmet. He probably was a tough son of a bitch, but when he, by the time he got to the Eagles, he was he was cooked. Yeah, was he? I know uh, Jaworski came from the Rams, but didn't he also? Oh, he come started from the Rams. Rams yeah. and that's good, and then he... Jaworski came from the Rams. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, we traded with the Rams and got yeah, Jaworski. Got rid of Harold Jack, Charlie Young. Oh, is that right? Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. What do you uh, got, Andrew? G? I'm thinking. What do you I'm got, thinking. G? I'm kind of stumped here. <sighs> How about underrated? What do you guys got for underrated Eagles of all times? I, I mean, my biggest underrated was during that time when they had that great defense, but and he was so awesome and, and was Clyde Simmons. My God! You think he was underrated, though? I do. Compared to everything, wow, Reggie yeah, White yeah, back then, yeah. you know. Well, he also got and Jerome Brown. Yeah, I just, I just, Clyde Simmons was just. Yeah. I mean, I know he got his due. Yeah. He got his due, right? But he, was you know, who was so underrated awesome. on that defense. I think Byron Evans was underrated. Yeah, B and E, man, yeah. middle linebacker. You know what? I'll- I'll go Damn. underrated to same defense, same team, cornerback Ben Smith. Oh. 
Oh, he man, was, he and was he got awesome. hurt. He tore his ACL. Yeah. Twenty six, twenty six, yes. or something. Yes. Yeah, Ben Smith. Yes. Oh my god! Unusual. He was a safety in college, and then became a corner in the pros. Where did he go to college? Was it an ACC Georgia. school or Georgia? That's it. Good. I mean, yeah. him Eric Allen. Was yes, good. they were. Eric Allen, man, yeah. he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's. He's that, a bit underrated. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's another person, uh, a cornerback, Eagles, Roynell Young. Toast? Roynell. Toast? <laughs> toast? No, no. Toast. That was Isaiah Jenkins was toast. Uh, okay. Mm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Isaiah Jenkins is toast. You're right. Weren't they the same number, though? They probably were. Both 43? That's probably why I got yeah, it mixed up. <laughs> it's amazing when we think of numbers and you can, you just know that guy. 48. Bernard Hopkins. Wes Hopkins. Wes Hopkins. Wes Hopkins. Yeah, Wes. boxer. Yeah. Bernard Hopkins yeah. was the good boxer. <laughs> they have it the other. Yeah, Andre Waters. 20, yeah. 20. Now, do you associate 20 with Dawkins or Andre Waters? Oh, Dawkins. I know. <laughs> Oof. Man. You do. You got to go Dawkins. I, you know, Growing up, you're like 20 is always Andre Waters, but yeah. Yep. Hey, here's an interesting story I don't know if you guys heard. Fourth round pick, <clears throat> the, the safety from Clemson. I don't know if you heard this story, but he roommated with Brian Dawkins' son. Yeah, I was reading that. I was reading that. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting because uh, Dawkins put out a post saying, "Hey, Philly, take care of my boy here." So, hey, if Dawkins got you know, give him a thumbs up, get out of here. I did not know that. I just knew. I thought because he was a safety from Clemson, that's mm-hmm. why he put Who that post. Kavon Wallace or yeah. whatever, Kavon Wallace. Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe. Yeah. So if he goes under uh, Dawkins' mm-hmm. wing. You know, I mean that's a that's a good pick. The fourth round pick took us four rounds. So, what do you guys there. think about Rager, the first round pick? I personally like him, um, and the only reason I like him, and and I guess I'm on the I, is his versatility. Um, forget where we drafted him; it's a good fit for the Eagles if he can stretch the field. Um, you know, forget the fact that Justin mm. Jefferson was there because he's a slot receiver. I think that guy's a superstar uh, in the making, and he will kill the Eagles for years out in Minnesota. But I just, um, I don't know. I don't dislike the pick. I just dislike where they put I think he could have got better value. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like him. Like, well, like Norm said, he's got the versatility outside and, and in the slot as well. But, you know, at 21, you're, you're thinking about, you know, somebody who's going to immediately step right in. I don't know if this kid is going to. Yeah, I'm with you, Jim. He just seems like he can be – he's not going to be a starter. And Justin Jefferson would have stepped in. And like you said, Norm, he had superstar potential. Yeah. Right. And that's the, the only thing that bothers me is a guy scores four touchdowns, four touchdowns in the national championship game. Yeah. That's a superstar. <laughs> That great, yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, anyway, I caught up this week on uh, The Last Dance. 
So I don't know if either of you guys have had a chance to watch the Bulls. Yeah. The last I just dance. watched the most recent one this afternoon. Yeah. Did you? Okay. How yeah, are you, Jimmy? Up, uh, last night. I just think this show is. <laughs> I'm not a like ESPN when they do these documentaries, they get it right. Yeah. You know, there's thirty for thirties. Um, but this one is just awesome. Um, you know the. The whole Dennis <laughs> that's, Rodman. that's great. <laughs> I mean, I need a vacation. The best is that Jordan's sitting there telling a story, and he gets called into Phil Jackson's office, and Phil Jackson tells him, Dennis Rodman needs a vacation. And he looks at Phil Jackson like he got three heads. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, if anybody get a vacation, as he said, it was him. Is there any doubt watching this thing that he's not the greatest no. player ever? No, not at all. Like, I mean, I, I like it because I start talking to these young guys now who are watching it, who talk nothing about anything but LeBron, and I say, listen, you know, nothing for nothing, but Jordan was the best I ever saw, and I think he would tear LeBron up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he – I just – I forgot how good yeah. he actually was. Like, I remember that Boston series. You know, Jimmy's a huge Celtics fan. I followed the Celtics closely, and uh, you know I remember that that year when you know he just was going off the fifty points. Did yeah. he get sixty three to one game? It was like it was against them, and they got swept. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they end up getting swept, but my God, he was so amazing in that series, and and it's just like. I just couldn't believe how good this guy was. And, you know, watching, going back and watching these mm-hmm. and the work he put in and just how he wanted to take over. And then the interesting thing I thought was when Phil Jackson, who I did not know was Doug Collins' assistant until you're, they're watching, you're seeing the video in the one game and he's standing, they're playing the Pistons and, and he's standing there. And I'm like, Phil Jackson, is that Phil Jackson on the bench? And, uh, and then, you know, you, all of a sudden, you, they segue into that whole yeah. thing in the triangle offense, and I, you know, I've heard about it for years. I didn't even realize how that operated, and learning all about that, and how you know Michael was stopped. You didn't have to pull mm-hmm. put the it was load neat on when they were showing that anymore. one graphic uh, with the triangle when the players were moving on the court. How you would maintain that triangle spacing, and how that opened up what they say like thirty two opportunities just from one set on the court or one spacing on the court. It, it, it was amazing, you know, because like you said, you've always heard about it, but then we actually saw it and like, wow, this is what they're talking about. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it, it's cool amazing. I, I actually, you know, I was really following the NBA back then and I remember Dougie Collins coaching him and I always liked him from the Sixers and I forgot why he got fired. He had taken him to the Eastern Conference Finals and then they fired him because they knew that Phil Jackson was more of a fit and they wanted to utilize text winners and the, the triangle offense, and Collins wouldn't do it. Yeah. It was kind of. I had no idea. I had no I thought it was, honestly, until I watched this documentary, I always thought Jordan and Collins Rip. had a uh, had a rip. It was just the opposite. And then Jordan here, it was just the opposite. Loved him. Yeah. The ball open. yeah. You know what I thought was. You know, I thought it was neat when they were talking about Rodman and when Jordan said Rodman may have been the smartest player he ever played with. Yeah. Because you see Rodman, the TV Rodman, and you just thought he was somebody that didn't care. 
But they said he, I mean, when Jordan said he was the smartest player ever played with and he studied and when Robin was talking about studying how players shoot and how they would, the spin would be and how the ball would come off the rim and position himself. Yeah. It was just a different side of Dennis Robin. Yeah. I've read an article on a follow-up. Dennis <clears throat> Rodman's son never heard the story about him, his father going to Vegas until he saw this thing. <laughs> and his son said the same thing that you guys just said. What? You can take a vacation in the middle of the season? Mm-hmm. and just gut up and leave for 48 hours? So I don't remember the news of Rodman being in Vegas during this time. Do you guys remember that? I do. I do because Rodman is such a rebellious a rebellion guy that you'd be like, what the hell? I always thought this guy's going to ruin their, their run at the championship because he's such a knucklehead. Yeah. But I like when they were talking about, him, like, I don't remember the news being all over this, you know, a star player from the championship team has gone to Vegas and is partying for two or three days. Uh, couldn't happen nowadays. <laughs> no, no way. No way. And I was, and and to that point, I was so surprised how Phil was yeah. all on board. You know, like, go ahead. You know, it was like, I, you know, here I always thought he was a strict guy. And um, I did like the the running around practice <laughs> where, they, where he comes back from Vegas. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, they all together said, hey, we're going to go slow. And, you know, and, and Kerr, like, led the lap. And they were all slow. <laughs> And then it's like he didn't turn, miss a beat. He just like he wasn't in Vegas for three days <laughs> partying all the time. He's like, no. <laughs> how how could it that, was that guy in that he could party like he did for two straight days or longer, hook up with Carmen Electra, and then come back to practice like nothing happened? Was that so? Was the day of the sprints the That's day Jordan got him out of the apartment? Was that the same day? That is crazy. That is I crazy. I believe so. And I mean, that's. Yeah, because he said, "Yeah, that's that's what it was," and, and I love how he, you know, Carmel like just says, "You know, I just I hit under the Michael covers. Jordan's at the front door banging on the right." <laughs> that is hilarious, though. I, my favorite Dennis Rodman story was uh, when he was cheating on Carmel Electra, huh. and he had the two girls in bed. No, huh. did you ever hear this story? Yeah, and and Rodman said, told Carmen Electra they fell down from the ceiling. <laughs> that's like, that's... He was in bed with the two girls in Vegas, and like Carmen Electra comes in the room, catches him. He's like, well, who were, what happened? He's like, I don't know. They that's like uh, I heard years ago, uh, Willie Nelson did an interview. I, I want to say it was a Howard Stern. And uh, he got caught cheating on his wife. By his wife, he was in bed with another woman. And he said there, he goes, are you going to believe what you see or believe what I tell you? <laughs> and he's in bed with the other woman. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's funny. So did, uh, I'm, I'm going to switch gears on you guys again. Um, did you hear this, the latest on the Major League Baseball? Now what are they doing now? No, what's now? Plans? Well, with the, um, they're going to do three what? divisions. And they're going to – so the East, the East, which would be Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Orioles, Nationals, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins would play uh, down in uh, yeah. Tampa, St. Pete area. 
And then um, I'm not sure. I think the the central is um, Chicago, both Chicago teams, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. And I believe they're supposed to play in Texas, which doesn't really make sense. I'm not sure on that. And then the West, <clears throat> which is has Texas teams in it, Houston and, and the Rangers, uh, L.A., uh, both L.A. teams, San Francisco, Houston, um, Seattle, Arizona, Oakland, Colorado, so San Diego will they, play out in Arizona. training for these to play the games? Texas yeah, teams. that's exactly what they're talking. And just college stadiums or Houston and Arlington. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just. I mean, I think they're trying to get in like a hundred games or something like that, and then five teams from each one of these three divisions would make the playoffs or something. I I don't even know what no. they're talking about. It's like well, they must not be planning on playing until <laughs> yeah. June because. Didn't I read that Major League Baseball gave teams permission to refund tickets for April and May? But then again, if they're that. playing I mean, these I, off-site locations, I didn't read I guess that. You refund the tickets anyway. So, yeah, I think I don't even think they're talking yeah, about they this until July. Spring training all over here. They are. I. The more I keep thinking about these sports, yeah. I, they're not the ease into it. I mean, for example, basketball players haven't done anything. No. I mean, you're going to need another whole no, preseason. No. I mean, you can't run the risk of these guys getting injured. No, basketball is like a whole new season. You know, it's um, it's almost like you take them where they stood in that, and then you do another season. And I don't know. I wouldn't either. And, uh, you know, today, right? Did you yeah, hear today? They I heard that. The Little League World Series. I heard that. But then you have kids coming in from all over the world. So, but it's a shame. That's the whole thing with all these sports. I mean, you think about spreading the virus. you got people traveling all over the country. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think about a, a great way to spread it would be that, you know, have people go from one city to the next. Yeah, I mean, uh, was it the NFL? Now they the I think they it's like a big to do, right? They released their schedule in the first or second week of May, something like that, and uh, now they're gonna put that on hold because of uh, they don't even know what that schedule. I've heard a few like, times that if which is crazy, hockey, basketball, and maybe even baseball start late, they're going to ask the NFL to push their season start back so they're not competing against them so maybe the nfl is waiting to talk to these other commissioners say hey what are we doing here which is why because nobody wants to compete against them for uh tv ratings no i i I got a feeling that you know basketball and the nhl will probably just cancel because their playoffs and finals are coming up in may and june i'm with you jim I think you run the risk of these guys yeah, not having all I mean, season it's... to recover. Yeah. Right. Which then, right, it's like, hey, for me being a Sixers fan, not a bad thing. This was 
such a horrible year. And, uh, you know, do you bring Brett Brown back even? I mean, he, he had just coached a horrible season. This team in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. They should have been first or second. And he had them in yeah, – He has to go. Sixth. Uh, think about he, it. I think the, uh, the, the I coronavirus, guess... if anything, saved his job because he was just getting worse as the season progressed. So maybe people will forget about how bad of a job he was doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think so. My, my thought I mean, is maybe he was here when you got when we went through the whole process, quote unquote. I just think he is he's embedded with the culture of losing, and I think he has no authority for him, you know, against Embiid or Simmons. You need a new voice in here, and they, yeah. I also think they need a veteran, somebody to get on Simmons and tell him you can't. Just continue to drive to the basket and refuse to shoot jump shots. I totally agree with you, Andrew. I think a, a new voice, just like we were talking about with the last game. You know, Doug Collins was doing pretty yeah. good. Get a new guy to jump in there and and like you say, get a you know uh, you know I I, I know I'm going to be sounding like an old guy here, but back 20 years ago, if you had a guy like uh, Ben Simmons, one would have pulled him aside and said, "Yo, guy, work on your game." Yeah. If you're contributing to us to win a championship. You need to work in the offseason. Get it done. I, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, there's not a veteran leader on that team. And I think bringing Horford in here was part of the plan, but it's just not working out. But somebody needs – they need to bring in somebody that Ben Simmons respects and that will teach him what he needs to do to be a top-five player because that's what he can be if he decides to shoot jump shots. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. Maybe bring in an assistant who maybe – yeah. Start and go to work. I'll show you how to work. Yeah. 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 I think Brett Brown's act has gotten tired. He might go on and be successful He's not somewhere be, else. Uh, you know, in want for um, anything, he'll have a job no matter what. As an assistant somewhere or whatever. But yeah, I think it's a, like Andrew said. It's time for a new voice. He's he's you know they're used to losing with him. Yeah. It's, put their foot down or put their foot in their ass. Yeah. And let's get to work. I mean, if he... Which was tough for him. He he had to suck it up. I mean, it was funny, right? Um, when they... Which I thought was really funny when you, you... The whole Bulls thing where they were trying to tank and they were... They were uh, uh, oh, yeah. Jordan's minutes <laughs> down and he said he was yeah. getting angry. I was like, that was incredible. And he just... Uh, yeah. And then what? Uh, Paxson hits that shot, <laughs> and then and they end up making the playoffs. And it was you like, can see Ryan Jordan is fuming on the sidelines. Krause I mean, when they off. cut to him, you could just see him fuming on the sidelines. Yeah. And it- but you know, Brett Brown had to suck it up. You know, he coached all those years through the tanking, and I gave him credit. And I thought he did a much better job last year. Um, you know where. They were a couple of bounces away from who knows, and then Toronto yeah. wins the whole thing. And I mean, Kawhi was just so dominant, um, and it still bothers me that he didn't shut Kawhi down. It's like uh, when they put mm-hmm. Pippen on Magic Johnson, right? That um, was amazing. Um, I just, I just love that whole story. That and the and the Jordan getting pissed, and 
you know, losing to yeah. Detroit and let's lift weights and we're all going to do this and forcing everybody to and get in there. And he's still angry now Man, when, when he was know, doing the interview. I don't think this, he is still pissed. He still hates the Pistons. When they brought up that story where they wouldn't shake his hand, he's like, listen, I don't care what Isaiah has to say now. Yeah. He's still an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that, mm-hmm. man. I love his competitiveness till this day. That was so awesome to see. And I remember when he said stuff about Larry Bird. He could never just own up to it. Yeah, I said it. Or, you know, I didn't shake his hand, whatever. And Jordan just called him out, man. I shook their hands when I lost. Fuck him. He's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jimmy, tell tell Andrew the legendary story of you and I being at the Celtics Pistons game. Oh God! And you oh, yelling at uh, you mean Isaiah? Super Bowl Sunday with Orlando. Oh, so it was uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, that was the greatest. Ninety-two it was here that they were doing the Dream Team. Okay. Chuck, they announced Chuck Daly was you know the coach, and I don't know if they had selected the team yet, but you know it was going to be up to him to start selecting dudes. And the Celtics were on the down down kind of current because Bird and McHale and Parrish were getting old. And the Pistons were the Pistons. They were tough. So the old Boston Garden you know, was kind of small. So you could yell and people could hear you on the court. So we're like, I don't know, like the second, you know, level up. And I start yelling out to Chuck Daly. And, and the one guy that the Celtics had going that day was Joe Klein. And he was killing the Pistons. And he was like a bench guy. Yeah. Yelling out, yo, Chuck, why don't you take Joe Klein to the, take to the Olympics? Hey, take. And he was clapping. And then Isaiah's like messing up, and I hate Isaiah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and if you got to remember when Isaiah was in the finals kissing Magic and all yeah. that. So I was like, yo, Isaiah, who are you going to kiss now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Magic kissed him. He was kissing, he was yeah, kissing yeah. Magic, right? <laughs> right. And you're like, who are you going to kiss this year? Because like, wasn't it the year, though, that Magic came out yeah, with the uh... – Half HIV, right? Class and half the people turn around with a terrified, like, who is this guy? <laughs> and every like, it was so quiet. And then uh, Ahmad Rashad was the uh, sideline reporter. He would walk around there, <laughs> and the whole, entire time, Jimmy's yelling, really Bobby, Moore. "Bobby Moore, Bobby Moore, change your name, Bobby Moore. That's a cool name." And people are like, "Oh my God, dude, you're broke over here." Wait, so did Isaiah hear you? Uh, I I don't know. He didn't he didn't wave to me. But <laughs> he didn't blow you a kiss, huh? So that was the the infamous uh, Redskins Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. Jimmy and I go back to a party after that, and uh, we got a block full. And for some reason. Jimmy writes, and every block that we buy, I think we bought four blocks, <laughs> Orlando for Orlando <laughs> Woolrich. Right? At the end of the game, they're like, oh, who won? Ah, some dude named Orlando. <laughs> my, so, wait, my favorite story about that is it, Jimmy and I are in the kitchen. The, you know, the game's almost over. The Redskins are winning. And the Redskins get the ball down around the 20-yard line. I mean, they, get, they got the game won. And for some reason, they line up for a field goal. And these two guys are right in front of them. They're going to win the money. They're going to win the block pool. And they're yelling out, 
well, who wins if he makes this field goal? Why the hell the Redskins? Why don't they just kneel on it? Why are they kicking a field goal? <laughs> and uh, they're like, somebody named Orlando wins. <laughs> I'm Orlando. And, and we perk up like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I'm Orlando. <laughs> was it a big pot? It was good. Funny stuff, yeah, that's man. nice. It was big. That's right, real nice. I think it paid for our trip up and It was it was a good good week. That was good stuff. So before we wrap up on this uh, episode two, anybody got any good shopping stories lately from shopping? Anything you've seen funny out there shopping? Uh, I get in, I get out. Food shopping with the masks on and all that. Well, I told you. Uh, I just get I've in. Got a funny story get out. Work, you know. We, I mean. we require people to wear masks to come in and out of the bank. So, so <laughs> old guy, what's that? Oh, great. Oh yeah. So, so some old guy comes in. I said, "Oh, great." Bias because we're like locking the door, you know, because we can only let a certain amount of people in and out. So this guy shoots in, and he doesn't have a mask. So one of our supervisors are like, "Sir, you know, you got to put a mask on. You can't be in here. We're going to have to ask you to leave." And he's like, I don't have a mask. What am I going to do? And luckily, some other uh, member said, hey, listen, I, I'll give you something if you want. You can put it over your, your face. He goes, oh, great. What is it? Woman reaches in her pocketbook and pulls out an old sock. Oh. And the guy ties it around. And he does it. He ties it around his head. Around, and I'm looking. I was like, I, and I'm looking at him. I was like, you know, the 18th is right over there. You want to use, no, no. And he, and he, he fucking ties the old sock around his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So our neighbor. What was the story you, know, you were telling me? Goes out in the evening, goes for their evening walk. So you see more neighbors now. It's like a snowstorm. You know, it's the only time you see your neighbors. I do. You are. You, I mean, you we see us dinner time. There's a hay release. We're, we're right on schedule every night. Uh, but we're just talking <laughs> with one neighbor, Bob, and he said he went to the one yep. grocery store. Coming by. Um, Renders. And uh, what's I think the regular grocery store is out of something, so he went there. And he's standing in line, he looks over and he sees a woman in the other line. He's like, What does she have on? He's like, Let me switch lines. So he goes over there and gets a better look. And this woman has a maxi pad on her face (laughs) with the adhesive over her mouth. And he said the kicker is so she gets up to the front to oh, check out, my God. and the cashier goes, "Cash your credit." <laughs> so she can't talk because she has the max pad sealed over her mouth. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, unbelievable! Like, oh, there got to be a better so way. There got to be a better way. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was great, man. Kids had a blast. What'd that? you think of the T Rex <laughs> walking the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. I, uh, I have this blow-up T-Rex. Have you ever seen those? those? Yeah, so oh, I walk my dog place. around the entire neighborhood. One guy, <laughs> one guy stopped and took your picture. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know, right? You guys are coming down the street, and he was coming up. I have no idea who that was. I couldn't see anything. That thing was – it was so warm that day. It was, like, fogging up, and I was just like <laughs> – Hoping Sue could escort me. Hey, so did we. But that was fun. I got a lot of laughs. There was, 
I, you know, I came around uh, the other side of Daniel, and there must have been twenty people out in their driveway just hanging out, <laughs> drinking, and they're. Did he lose a bet? They're yelling all. Nah, just been locked in the house for six weeks. Yeah. Just having fun, man. Yeah. And had a few uh, beers uh, over Tony's. <laughs> Gave me the the beer courage to go out and walk to the neighborhood and that thing. So, anyway, guys. Uh, Episode two, it's been real. And, hey, thanks uh, for having me on. Yeah. So, G, we thank you. Absolutely. That's your nickname for the for the podcast. We'll have you on again. And, um, yeah, it definitely was. So Likewise. It's, it's very good talking with you. Thanks, uh, Andrew. You got it, Jim. With you on the show. So, thanks Bye, for guys. riding shotgun Take with, care. Uh, Bye. with Norm and Jim.